0: have all of our people here this morning. Today, as we said, is a special day, and we're focusing on the the fifth commandment today, which is, well, we all know that one because our mothers taught us it. It's called Honor Your Father and Your Mother, and they regularly encourage us in relationship to that. So we're going to take our offering right now. You may have a, your prayer request you're going to put in. or may be a, a particular offering you want to ...place in there. You've set aside funds for that, so we're going to take the offering. While we take it, we're going to watch this fun clip about parenting, because it is father and mother, and we'll kind of get the dad out of the way, all right? Great. Let's do it. Yes, yes. When we talk about moms and dads and all the variety of ways in which they touch our lives, today, when we focus on this fifth commandment that God direct us in relationship to our mothers and our fathers, we're to honor your mother and honor your father. And one thing I've noticed is that moms hand down pretty much the same advice over the years. I concluded this after I talked to a number of other friends of mine who said, yep, we heard the same exact comments. So I want to throw a few of the things that my mom shared with me and talked about me. She used to say this on a regular basis about thinking ahead. She always used to say, make sure you wear clean underwear in case you get in an accident. Now, how many of you have heard that one? Yeah. I always went, what? Clean underwear, accident. Okay, whatever. You know, then uh, codependency. She used to tell me this. If you fall out of that tree and break your neck, don't come crying to me. That was kind of a standard line in there. And then about prayer. My mom taught me about prayer, and she wasn't even a Christian at that point in time. And I remember I would spill something on the carpet, and she would say, You better pray that comes out, child. She always ended with that child statement going on me. And then about the future, I learned about a future from my mom. She said, if you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you in the middle of next week. <laughs> I always wondered how she could do that, how it going to happen, but I never questioned on it. And then the genetic issue, my mom helped me to clarify that. She said, you're just like your father. You're always, and you all can fill in the blank, whatever that was. You always. And then the last thing I thought is about the circle of life. And she used to say this to me far more than she should have. She said, I brought you into this world, and I can take you out. (laughs) But, yep, there it is, all these different things. Uh, God has uniquely qualified moms uh, to enable them to, to raise children so that these interesting young people become amazingly capable young men and young women. And when moms put their focus on accomplishing that task of raising these children up so that they might understand their calling, their purpose, God's plan for them, it's remarkable how it works and how it takes place. One of my favorite lines that my mom gave me, and it was one of the last things she ever said to me, uh, we had the privilege of my mom living with me the last a few months of her life, and then she moved into a small place, she had uh, contracted a special lung disease, and so... We had the awareness that she was going to die soon, and that forced us to become more aware of the need to spend time with her. As we began to share with her and continued on, and my mom, who had raised me up when I was a scoundrel, I was a very, um, what can I put, I was a very mean young man, and she knew me well, and my dad used to say, my only question was, when are you going to be in San Quentin, not if? If. So that was, that was the thing. And my dad was a police officer. This was my stepfather in this case. So he was fully aware what was going on. I remember my mom, just a, about a month before uh, she passed away, and she turned to me and she said, um, excuse me, sorry about that. She said, Lee, I don't know what happened to the old Lee, but I'm sure glad he's gone. I don't know what happened to the old Lee, but I'm sure glad he's gone. Transformation. It's something that happens when God grabs a hold of our life and changes us completely into a brand new person. And the most wonderful thing that ever takes place in any mother's life is when they see that transformation take place in the lives of their children, whether it be their sons or their daughters. It's a marvelous, marvelous thing. When I talk about moms, though, I I began to think about it, and I broke it down into three primary ways that my mom uh, spoke into my life and those around you. Uh, who had a, a unique ability to minister to us shared in these at least these three specific ways. So the first one I wanted to mention was, uh, Mom speak to us in terms of our personness. I'll call that our our own person itself. And what she taught us is that life is personal, but it's never perfect. Now, what do I mean by that? Uh, out of Scripture it says, a man's wisdom gives him patience. It's his glory to overlook a manner. What I think my mom was trying to teach me first and foremost in terms of life is, is that we need to have the ability and gain the ability to see from God's perspective, not simply from our own. The ability to gain and see from God's perspective, not just our own. It's, it's a sense of what would God think about this? How would he feel about this? How would he respond to this? And my mom taught me, first of all, uh, early on, even before I was a Christian and before she really was as well, she taught me this truth, and that was this. You are not perfect, and you're not in control. You are not perfect, and you're not in control. Uh, The Psalms talks about David crying out to God and saying, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. And the picture that is of a person who recognizes his imperfections, his inabilities, his lack of ability to control life or to do things the way that he actually wanted them to do. And we learn from God that patience is this wonderful ability to see from God's perspective. And that means, as mom would say, you need to learn how to wait your turn. You need to learn how to wait your turn. You're not in control. You're not perfect. You need to learn how to wait your turn and patiently wait for God's directive to your life. The second thing she taught me is that, Lee, nobody else is perfect either. Nobody else is perfect. There are no perfect people. Do I have any perfect people here? Exactly. See, we don't. All of us think that the other person somehow has some special insight and understanding that we don't have, and it's simply not true. None of us are perfect. No one around you is perfect. The scripture says, a man's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand his own way? So we shouldn't be surprised or upset when people make mistakes or when people let us down. Uh, my mom used to say, you need to lighten up and learn to see the humor in things. Humor is God's tranquilizer without side effects. It's an antidote for anxiety. You have to learn not to take yourself too seriously. Okay? I want all the moms to turn to their husband or their boyfriend who's ever with them and say, don't take yourself so seriously. Go ahead. Turn to them and say, don't take yourself so serious. All right. Let me give you an illustration. Okay, let me give you an illustration. It's a true story. Eight-year-old twins, Abby and Aaron, they've been talking to their mom, and she'd been sharing with them for some reason with an eight-year-old about childbirth and Abby did not like what she was hearing. She did not appreciate the thoughts that were coming her way. She turned to her grandpa and she said, Grandpa, I'm never going to have children. It hurts too bad. And he said, being a grandfather, if your mother felt that way, you would not be here. And if your grandmother felt that way, none of us would be here. And dad pipes in and says, Hey, you're right, it does hurt, but the pain goes away. And you're left with this beautiful child and you decide that it was worth it. Abby turned, looked in the square of the eye and said, you're a man, what do you know? <laughs> you are not in control and no one else is either. You're not in control and no one else is either except for God. That's a wonderful line, by the way. If you want a mantra for today, would be you are not in control, and no one else is either, except for, for God. That's why the scripture reminds us: all things work together for the good of those who love God, for those whom He has called according to His plan, His purpose. God even made manure and ashes to make great fertilizer. When we break down, and we fall apart, God has this amazing ability to know how to put the pieces back together. In fact. When he puts them back together, not only does he not mix them up, but he makes them better than they were before. That's the marvelous picture of how God works in our life. God's timing is always perfect. And it's not that he is late. It tends to be that when we cry out, we're crying a little bit early. And moms tend to get that. So the first thing that moms teach us, and that you moms need to be teaching your young ones, if you're bringing them up now, is that control... Is about knowing when to hold on and when to let go. Control is about knowing when to hold on and when to let go. But let's have a little bit of fun and watch this clip. My goodness. We've got to have a little bit of fun on Mother's Day, I would say, because it gets too tight here. So if the first thing that God teaches us that moms are supposed to teach us is the simple aspect about personal control that we'll never get it, we'll never have it, but God has got it all along. And the second thing that I've noticed that God tries desperately to teach is that if that is true, life needs prayer. We desperately need to be involved in prayer. And early on, mothers need to be teaching that to their kids. My wife is especially good in that particular arena, and she still prays with their girls on a regular, consistent basis, tries to pray with the boys but sometimes they're less responsive. What can I say? Uh, Scripture tells us, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Those who live in me while I live in them will produce a lot of fruit, but you can't produce anything without me. See, moms teach us where the fruit's at. And they begin to remind us that whether you realize it or not, it is in prayer that your life will be changed and that you'll understand how to respond to life itself. Our attitude is always determined by whom we are attached to. When we're attached to God, when we're attached to Christ, then we'll find ourselves consistently experiencing fruit in our life, fruit that will last, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and the last one, self-control, self-control. The second thing that I've noticed in relationship to prayer is that prayer teaches us and our moms teach us that we're not simply passengers on the trip of life. We're partners. God wants us to be partners with him on the ship of life. We're not just passengers. So James says, if you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get his help and won't be condescended to when you ask for it so when we find ourselves in that position where we don't know what to do the key and mom teaches that isn't to run to mom except to ask her to pray with and for us so prayer becomes a primary aspect the choices that we make determine where we end up and therefore before we make those choices we need to pray and ask god for direction It's very difficult to make good decisions. It's very easy to make poor ones. We have to choose to not enter into temptation. We make foolish decisions when we find ourselves in the midst of these areas of temptation. And God directs us and says, don't enter into that arena. If you stay out of that, you'll be able to make good decisions. But when you're in it, don't make any decisions. God directs moms to teach us how to respond to life so we can experience his coincidences regularly in our life. My mom was a knitter, as my wife is, and she will take a piece of yarn and turn it into a wonderful blanket. And I'm always blown away by how you do that. Makes up all these knots, and the result of all the knots is this blanket that brings warmth into your life. God, in the same ways, takes all the knots of our life puts them all together and turns into a blanket that can give us warmth. If we will listen, if we will pray, if we will ask when we find ourselves in times of trouble. And perhaps the last thing that I mentioned here in terms of prayer is that our mom teaches us where to go and get peace and not to panic. And that is in that same realm that as a partner with God, we need to constantly and regularly come and speak with him about what's going on in our life. And as simple as this seems... I find consistently you all are not doing it. And the reason you're not is because you haven't learned this simple truth that moms desperately are trying to teach you, that if you're going to be a partner with God in life, then you need to listen to His voice when He speaks to you concerning the direction that you're to go in. As a partner of God, we don't need to panic. The knots will come out or they'll become part of the pattern that God is putting together for us. So Paul says it real simply. He says, don't fret, don't worry. Instead, what? Pray. Pray. Let your petitions and your prayers shape your worries into prayers. Let your petitions and your praises shape your worries into prayers. Let God know your concern." Should they remind us where to go and not panic? To go and get strangled. It's interesting, the word here for don't fret or worry means don't become strangled. And it's a picture of a hose that's been crushed in the middle and it's unable to perform that which it was meant to perform. Let go of it, allow God to flow through it, and the result will be what he intended for it to be all along. And so we learn that the primary purpose of prayer is to develop a relationship with the Father. Now, what I've asked today is I I have a couple of our young ladies, and I've asked them to pray for us. I've asked both Judy and and Beverly to come up, and they're going to come up right now, and they're
1: going to pray for us.
0: They're going to pray for us specifically concerning moms. Is this mic bad? Okay, so I'm going to give it to them. Judy, come on up here. Judy's going to pray first, and then Beverly. Judy's going to pray for our mothers whose children are already out of the nest, and then Beverly's going to pray for our mothers who are presently raising children. So go ahead, Judy. Thank you.
1: Father God, we come with gratitude and humility because we are your children, and you've brought us into your family. And we love you for it. How majestic is your name in all the earth. And you are the best father there could ever be. And you know about parenting. Mm -hmm. And you know how tough it can be. You know what it feels like when your children stray. You know the joy of seeing your children adopt your ways Mm -hmm. and trust you. And so we pray for our grown children. And some of them are parents. Mm -hmm. And we thank you for the joy of watching our children come to trust you and walk in your ways. And we pray for them as parents that they would have understanding of your word and your principles and your heart and be able to transmit that to their children. And we pray for our grandchildren. And we thank you for being able to watch some of them Mm -hmm. come to know you and trust you also and become your disciples and follow you in baptism Mm -hmm. and grow to be an influence for your kingdom on this earth. And Father, you know about children who stray and want to go their own way. And as as we are in the role of counselors and advisors, as we have opportunity, we pray for wisdom to be able to speak into their lives too and offer them hope and truth that their lives could be changed. We see sad consequences of some of their choices. We see their children not being nurtured in your ways. And it makes us sad. And we know it makes you sad. So we pray. We pray for the people that you might place in their lives Mm -hmm. that could reveal Jesus to them. them And we pray too, Father, for the role of those that you have called to become the spiritually adoptive parents Mm. of those who have deep needs in their lives because of coming from dysfunctional families or or are orphans and are growing up without guidance. Yeah. Father, you have placed some people in your kingdom in special relationships with others sure. to be the parents and the grandparents and the aunts and uncles that those needy ones need for nurturing in their lives. Mm-hmm. So we bring all these circumstances and situations to you, Father, and just thank you for your patience with us, your forgiveness when we mess up. Mm -hmm. We thank you that your heart is for us, and we can trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Judy.
2: Beverly? May we pray. Father God, in the blessed and in the holy name of Jesus, Lord God, I thank you this morning for every mother that's here today. Mm -hmm. Father God, we thank you for the joyfulness of motherhood. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to touch lives. And Father God, I thank you not only for the mothers, but for those who may be standing in the gap for Mm -hmm. an absent mother. Father God, I ask you to strengthen those women. And Father God, I ask that you would just walk with us because where we experience a lot of joy, Father God, sometimes there's a lot of weightiness that comes with motherhood. Father God, we tend to take on the issues of our children. And Father God, we, we sometimes forget that we don't have control. And we find ourselves overwhelmed trying to take control. Mm-hmm. And so, Father God, in those situations, I ask that you would give encouragement, Father God, that you will reveal yourself to these mothers and let them know that you're in the midst. And there is nothing you can't do. There is no problem that's too hard for you. Father God, I love you, and I trust you, and I know you. You are faithful, and I thank you for that this morning. Father God, I just ask that every mother here today will realize just how faithful you are Mm -hmm. and just how powerful you are. are. And Father God, I love you just because you are our Father God. Mm. And Father God, I ask right now that if there is any mother here that's broken right now, Father God, I ask for restoration. Mm -hmm. Father God, if there's anybody, any mother here that's experiencing illness, herself, her child, or family, Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I ask for healing because I know you're a God that can heal. And, Father God, I know that there are sometimes things happen, Father God, and we have to go through. Sometimes things don't change when we want them to change. And, Father God, we become weary. We want to give up. But, Father God, in the blessed and holy name of Jesus, this morning I ask that you would just walk with us, be in the midst of it. Do God, give us the peace we need that we'll hear your voice and that, God, we can continue on and we can continue on in, in in confidence knowing that our Father is walking with us. Dear Lord, I just thank you. And I have one last request, Father God. I ask that the word that we that that we have been preached and and that we have taken of will become a living word, Father God, in us. And, Father God, that everybody we touch and every place we go will be different because you went there with us and because we allowed you to shine through us. And, Father God, we know that if we allow you to shine, that things will change and people's lives will be different Mm -hmm. because of you. And we ask these blessings in the blessed and in the holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sis. Thanks, girls. Wow.
0: A little change in style there. Yeah, we have Judy on one side, we got Beverly on the other. Recognizing how God works through us in a variety of ways, different mothers, different ways of expressing. Same results. Same results because we have the same God. So when we talk about this issue of personhood, we begin to recognize that moms teach us that we're not perfect. No one else is. Only God is in control. And then they move us to prayer because once we recognize we're out of control, we recognize we desperately need God's help. And then lastly, what I found is that moms are peacemakers in the home. Moms are peacemakers in the home. And What my mom taught me was if you want shalom in your life, then you must seek shalom for others. It's not enough to be a peacetaker. You have to also become a peacemaker. And so my wife very much is a peacemaker in our home. Jesus said, my peace I give you. I don't give you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. Some ways in which I found My wife helps bring peace to our home. The first thing she does, she tends to plan a peace conference. We call them family conference time. Okay, So it's a peace conference, a time to gather together, to express what's taking place, and to come to a series of conclusions so we can continue to have peace in our home. I tend to be very impulsive and say just shut up and sit down. I haven't found that that works very well. But for some reason, even though I'm 60, almost 62 years old, I still do it. My wife says, honey, you need to have a peace conference. Gather them together. Share with them your concerns. Let them be a part of it. It'll work well. And I say, I just want to tell them to shut up and sit down. She said, that won't work. I know. Okay? So let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts plan a peace conference i've noticed that great moms always enjoy talking with you not to you or at you but with you they don't think just of their own affairs but they're always interested in others they pay attention to them i still remember one day it had to be 15 years ago maybe even more like 20 years ago My wife was sitting and talking to my oldest daughter, Joy, and as she was sharing with her, she opened a book and she began to read. And I walked by and I gave her a little kiss. And I sat down thinking, well, I'll enjoy the reading. And Joy turned and looked at me and she said, get your own mom. (laughs) I thought, boy, that said it. They enjoy talking with you, unlike oftentimes dads. They tend to attack problems and not people. They tend to attack problems and not people. So the scripture is a gentle answer, quiets anger, but a harsh one stirs it up. I said, children are like a box of chocolates. I know, but you don't take a bite out of one and then decide you don't like it. You deal with the flavor. Okay? So my wife has taught me, you got to deal with what God gave you. Whatever God gave you, deal with the flavor. Respond to it correctly. Don't attack them. Attack the problems they're acquainted with them. And actually, they, she cares about what you feel. She cares about what you feel. She plants seeds of peace, and the result is she regularly reaps a harvest of goodness. When you care about your children, you teach them that you can't make me do anything, but I can be persuaded. So my son John is the persuader in our family, and he'll often come up to my wife, Mary, and say something along this end, something like this. He'll say, he'll say, Mom, you look incredibly thin today. You are amazingly beautiful. In fact, it's hard for me to believe that a woman as young looking as you could be a mom of mine. Neither of them buy it, but it works. It works. Because she is easily persuaded when you use the right words. All right? Lastly, moms of peace always encourage reconciliation before resolution. God has reconciled us to himself through Christ and gives us the ministry of reconciliation. So what moms teach us is first you deal with your own sin and then you lead others to forgiveness. What I've discovered in my own family is that dads, have more ego than mom and they have a hard time saying i'm sorry or i'm wrong my boys would negate that they would say no that's not true dad you say i'm sorry i'm wrong all the time that's a lie they regularly tell me dad you need to learn how to say i'm sorry and i'm wrong and i forgot hard things mom tend to exercise those things on a regular basis just in a closing thought before we move to our child dedication my favorite definition of a mom came from uh, Tony Campolo's wife. She was previously a lawyer. She was involved in, in teaching law even. And after she chose to become a full-time mom, she would often be in these gatherings and people would come up to her and say, hey, what are you doing now? And she got tired of responding to them with, well, I'm a mom. So she came up with this interesting definition and she would turn to them and she'd say this, well, presently, I'm socializing two homo sapiens in the dominant values of the Christian Judeo tradition in order that they might become powerful instruments in the spiritual transformation of the present stigmatized world order into the theologically described utopia predetermined by an omnipresent and omniscient God. And then she'd say, what do you do? Wow. Father, thank you for mothers. Thank you for the chance we've had today to honor them. We ask that you might bless our mom today in a spectacular fashion, that you would bless her with various children coming to her and reminding her of how much she has done for them, that you would bless her with gifts, that you would bless her with emotions, that you bless her in every way possible, that she might see your hand and recognize it. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, let's give our hands a hand of applause, will you? Give all of our moms, all of our moms a hand of applause. Let's stand up, stand up, except for the moms. Moms stay seated, come on. Moms stay seated, give, give your mom a hand. Going to have the little ones get ready right now. We're going to change our service structure now. We're going to have a little bit of a dedication. So we're going to have a child dedication time. And what we want to do right now is we want to ask some parents to come up. This is a very special time, a time in which parents get to honor their God through dedicating their child to him and asking him and us to be involved in the raising of Process. Jesus himself was dedicated to God. Mary and Joseph set him apart at the temple after his birth. And that's what the word dedicate means. It means simply to set apart. So I've asked three families, actually they've asked me, if they could dedicate their children today, and that's the Stewart family, the Sharp family, and the Hartman family. So I asked them to come up. Come on up. Right here. So we've got these wonderful families here today as we get a chance to remind them of how God desires to bless each one of you, how does God desires to work in your life and enable you to do something that I think is incredibly difficult, and that is to raise your children up in such a way that they can discover their plan, God's purpose for them, and they can begin to understand how to walk with God and live with Him and for Him. A very, very difficult task. It's what we shared a little bit about today. But the way you do it, Jesus said was this, you need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And then you need to teach your children that same love for him. And then if you'll do that, then you will find them consistently interacting with the living God and eventually giving their lives fully to him and enjoying the blessing that he wants them to have as they discover their purpose and God's intention and his plan for each of them. So today you're going to dedicate these young ones to God. And then we're going to ask specifically for a blessing on them. I'm going to pray over each one of them. We have a series of verses that I've set aside. You're going to have all this material. that's in a little sheet we're going to give to you that will help you. And we're going to give you a Bible. Okay? And we're also uh, going to simply ask the whole congregation to support you in this process of raising these little ones up. Okay. So right now you're going to respond to these vows that we're going to make publicly before God and before all these people. That's all you have to do is respond and say, I will, we will, you betcha, whatever works for you, okay? All right? Good. Okay, so the first one. If you understand that your child belongs to God and that he's been born to experience his love and to follow his will, then you need to simply say, I do. All right. Will you share this truth regularly with your children that Jesus is both Savior and Lord and that his word is the compass by which we determine the direction of life? You will say, I will. will. All right. Will you pray daily? And I know that's general. I don't care. You pray every day. Fortunately, with kids, they usually force us to pray daily. So (laughs) asking for God's direction for his guidance in the lives of your children. If you will say, "I I will. All right. Thirdly, and this one can be more difficult. Will you faithfully participate in Sunday worship, children, with your, chil- with your children? Sunday worship service with your children. If you'll do that, say I will. I know that can be hard sometimes. Sometimes the kids say I don't want to go, and you just have to say, This is what we do on Sunday. And if you make that a consistent thing, then you'll find they'll start whining, they'll stop complaining, and they'll start coming and they'll enjoy it. All right. I know it's hard to believe, but it will happen. Fourth and last vow: Will you anticipate? And seek to lead your children to a personal faith in Christ as soon as they are ready. Can you say, I will? See, you don't want to just bring them to me. I'll have parents come in and say, hey, here's my daughter. She would like to receive Christ. I say, okay, lead them. Lead them right then. Do it. Don't wait for me. You do it. It's a simple process by which they get to meet a marvelous and powerful God. And you need simply to respond to that. So... With the tools we're going to give you, as we said, we're going to hand off these sheets here in a minute. We've got some Bibles for you. We're going to give them to you in just a minute. Before I do that, I'm going to ask a blessing on each one of your children. And I've got a special verse, and that's all these things are located in the materials. So it's a special verse for you. I'm going to start over here with Lily. Okay? So I'm going to pray for Lily. We're going to right now ask a blessing. Father, we thank you for Lily. And we ask that you might grant her the ability to give other people peace as she shares your peace with each one of them. Grant her that special opportunity. Provide her with that special ability. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Joshua, the verse I gave you is called Man of Courage. So let me pray a blessing on you. Father, we pray for Joshua. We ask that you might allow him to have courage in every situation that he can respond to struggles and difficulties with an awareness that you're with him and that you love him. And he will be the person who stands up and does that thing which is right. Allow him to be a man of courage. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Savannah, the verse I gave you is simply talking about God giving you wisdom. So I've asked him to turn you into a woman of wisdom. Let me pray for you. Father, this beautiful young lady comes to you today and asks, as I asked, that you might bestow upon her the special gift of wisdom, that you might give her the ability to speak truth in situations where it's difficult to speak it, that you might grant her the insight that others would not have, that she can show them how things can be done, how they can be taken care of. Grant her wisdom that only you can give, for we ask this in Jesus' name. Lena, I'm going to come down to you. Oh, she's going up. (laughs) We're going down. We're going up. Lena, Father, we pray for this young lady, and we ask that you might give her special insight, that she might be the woman in special situations and circumstances as insight that other people don't gain, that she might have that perspective that other people find themselves going, oh, my goodness, I never thought of that. Grant her that ability as she continues in life. We ask this blessing and this gift in Jesus' name. Amen. Bradley and Stephen, are you ready? All right. Man of strength, Lord, we pray that you might give this young man amazing strength, the ability to stand firm in every situation, the ability to be your man who is seen as someone who is stronger than anyone around him, that he might not just speak the truth, but he might be a man of truth. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Stephen. Mm. Bradley? Mm. I'm going to pray for you today is that you might be a man of God, one who pursues righteousness and godliness and faith and hope and truth. All right? Let me pray for you. Father? We place gladly in your hands and we ask that you might grant him the ability to understand what it means to be godly, to know the right thing to say and how to say it, to have the ability to allow your fruit of spirit to flow through his life so that others can see it. Grant him these things as we place them in your hands and ask it in Jesus' name. I want you to pray with me for each one of these here now. Father, we thank you so much for these children. They have been set aside to you, and we ask that you might miraculously work in their lives so that they can experience more and more of you. Do your supernatural things that only you can do. We place them in your hands, and we commit ourselves to giving support and help to them whenever we can. We ask this in Jesus' name. Thank you. Amen. All right, let's give them a hand as they come down. Let me grab your sheets right here. Danielle, give them their Bibles. It was fun? And we're almost done, but not quite, because right now we've got some special songs that are going to be sung. And then following that, there are going to be some gifts handed out by these little ones. And then following that, we're going to have flowers in the back for all of our women, for all of our women, unless you've got a present. Then they'll be taking a flower too. Don't get greedy. <laughs> all right, can I ask the little ones to come up?